Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My question, how is Tennessee getting out of those serious infractions and years ago infractions that were not as serious changed the face of SMU football? Brian Dean, because the NCAA makes things up as they go along. Let's get to the Big Cock Club Discord here. Mm-mm-mm. 
Let's get to the Big Cock Club Discord. Lots of feedback and takeaways and, and banter from our guys in there about the quarterback conversation. Brendan M. had this to say. Sorry to break it to you, Chris Phillips, but you can't take away the Tennessee game. Take away the worst game then, slapdick. Dalton then chimes in. Yeah, if you take away the Tennessee game, you also take away the Florida game. I'm going to break your brain for a moment. What if I told you the Florida game wasn't the worst game of the season for Spencer Rattler? And we can play that game. I mean, we we can, listen, we can most certainly play that game. Let's play it. You ready? Spencer Rattler, I would deem, let's see if y'all agree. I think his worst game was against Georgia. He went 13 to 25 for 118 yards, 52% completion percentage. No touchdowns, two interceptions. I think that was a worse game. Because you might recall this. In the Florida game, he didn't throw a pick. He went 18 to 26, 145, 69% completion percentage. He didn't throw an interception in that game. So that was not Spencer Rattler's worst game of the season. So let's take away the best and the worst. That will give us a more accurate representation. You're absolutely correct, Dalton and Brendan. Take away Tennessee, six touchdowns. Let's take away Georgia, two picks. So Spencer Rattler last year, if you take away his best game and his worst game, threw 12 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. You're not helping your point out at all. You're only reinforcing what I've been saying. You're only reinforcing the points that I've been making. That's all you're doing. The poorest performances were much more common than the good ones. And again, I'm not trying to take away anything he did in the Clemson and Notre Dame games, but I'm just making the point that turnovers were still there. Would anybody disagree with that? (laughs) Brendan says, did C. Philly really just 15 minutes ago lump the Tennessee defense with Georgia and Mississippi State? Brendan, I'm just simply making the point that Tennessee has an SEC defensive line. They couldn't stop the pass last year. They couldn't stop the pass. They weren't that bad against the run. Lynn Turner says most quarterbacks had their worst game against Georgia. That's not a fair comparison. Okay, Lynn, we'll keep going down the line. I'd say outside of the Georgia game, I'd probably say his worst performance was the first game of the season against Georgia State. One touchdown, two picks. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, what's up, Mr. Phillips, with the Spurs up, sir? How you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Just that work soon for a minute. Uh, first off, I wanted to say congratulations. Uh, I've been a fan of the show for the past five years, picked up notes whenever I can. And uh, seeing you meet a goal as far as going to SEC Media Days, the way you handled yourself, asking tough questions, asking good questions, um, as much as you do for us, the underground fans, I just wanted to commend you and give you your flowers on, on a great job and, and achieving that goal, my man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And if you've been following along that long, which sounds like you have, man, then you you know why that's so special and how cool that is. And uh, we've come a long way for sure. And, I, again, I like to believe that we're still just getting started. And um, speaking on the – I actually got a football-related thing, too, but since we're on the subject. Speaking on the show, man, um, the thing that I will, I will be honest to you – Whenever you're talking about doing like a SEC unplugged and being with I guess they call guys like you want, 
I was a little on the fence about it because I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to play out. But as you're bringing in Drake Crane and then you brought in the guy, I forgot his name, from uh, the Aggies today mm-hmm. and seeing stuff like that, dude, I really, as a not as a Gamecock fan, but as a college football fan, and maybe it can turn over into baseball and basketball, mm-hmm. I like the direction it's going, and I love it, and I think that is just a superb fucking ideal, man. That is a – because – it's not polished. It's not pretty. It doesn't have a bow on it. It's raw. It's unfiltered, and it's for the the trenches, college sports fans. So I really like what you're doing, that dude. That is that is a genius idea, and I hope it progresses into something more. And uh, like I said, dude, I just wanted to give you a congratulations on on going to media days. For some reason, South Carolina, the powers of day want to be dicks and and block you out, but we find ways around things. There's always a gray area, you know. Yeah, and again, it, it's all love from this side. Now, I'm just glad we got the opportunity, man. And I, I feel like we had a kick-ass week. And uh, no, I, I appreciate the kind words too, man. You know, organically, it's happened that we've been talking. I'm leaning into more SEC content, talking more all SEC than I ever have before. And you know, obviously, still being a Gamecock guy, and of course, this is still a Gamecock show. It is the Spurs Up show. But again, it's no secret that you know, leaning into the SEC stuff and talking more SEC, and you know, more than likely, one of those days, sort of rebranding as a Gamecock guy that also, though, talks the entire SEC. I mean, it's it's a cool thing, man. It's a fun thing because I, I love the Gamecocks for sure. But, I mean, I'm a college football fan. Man. I'm an SEC football fan, an SEC fan in general. You mentioned baseball, basketball, obviously. So, it's something I'm excited to see continue watch it grow organically and, and as we go into basketball and baseball as well. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. So, I, I appreciate the kind words. And, like I said, I appreciate you following along in SEC media days, man. It's uh, It was a blessing to be able to ask Shane Beamer a question and, I thought it was a great question. I thought Coach Beamer answered it well, and I appreciate him doing so and uh, looking forward to more opportunities in the future. And segueing into the SEC Media Days, that actually brings me up to my um, hypothetical game playing point. Um, I know, I'm just going to say this before the, the chat rips me to shreds. I know without a shadow of a doubt, at the end of this year, regardless, Rattler is going to the SEC and, or going to the NFL, and he's probably going to be the first round pick from a game talk football player as far as quarterback since um, Ellis. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, Beamer did make the comment about that. Oh, well, there's a possibility we, we could have him for three <laughs> years. So, just, just, just to stir the pot, what do you think would happen and how big of an impact would it be? Let's say everything goes, garnet glasses on, perfect according to schedule. We come out, we light North Carolina up, we pick up where we left off, we have a great year, we're kind of hurting the trenches on both sides of the line, offense and defense. We did add some weapons for Rattler, but that's going to help recruiting if Rattler comes back. And they're like, oh, well, they got Trey Knox the ball. They've done great things with Harbor. Look what they did with Dak. Uh, I'm a wide receiver. Alabama and these other teams have passed me up. But, you know, hey, I could play there. I want to go to Little, I want to go to South Carolina. So what do you think would the outcome of that be? Uh, what's your – point of view on if that was to happen which we know it won't but just what is but you're so you're saying if spencer rattler had a great year and decided to come back next year um yeah well, let's let's just say we go just hypothetically let's say yeah. we go nine and three yeah, yeah. Hi- hypothetically if rattler year. yeah he wants to just run it back for whatever reason which i mean i think we all agree he'd be gone but if just for fun um Number one, I think there'd be a ripple effect in the quarterback room. I think absolutely there's going to be a couple of guys that would probably dip out. Um, I mean, I, I'm just guessing. I mean, it's it's hard to like 
project who's going to transfer. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a tricky thing because nobody wants anybody to transfer. But I, I wonder would that change the dynamic in the quarterback room? But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, do I think people would be excited to come play with Spencer Rattler? And I mean, we, we did say this after last year because it's funny. I mean, I was convinced he was one and done. I was convinced that if he was returning in 2023, it was it meant something went horribly wrong in 2022. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case, although you could say for the first 10 games that was the case. So, um, you know, I, I think getting – I will say this, and it, you know what, this is – I'm going to say it. Getting Rattler back, you know, you picked up Eddie Lewis from Memphis. You picked up Trey Knox from Arkansas. Do we feel like getting Rattler back had the positive impact in the portal we thought it would? I, I don't know that it did because everybody's situation is different. So, I mean, you know, you'd like to think that Spencer Rattler returning would absolutely boost recruiting and boost the portal and boost everything else. But, I mean, I can't say for certain, but I think, listen, I think it would, it would eliminate a big-time question mark going into 2024 if he were to return. Um you know, that, that would be one less question mark, and maybe it would even help South Carolina be the pick in 2024 to be second in the East or challenge Georgia or, or whatever, especially if you went, say, a 9-3 and three this year. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a fun hypothetical, but I – I mean, I said it this time last year, but I'm going to say it again at risk of being wrong again. I be I would be stunned if that happened. The only, the only way – the only way I could foresee that happening – and it's a big if, mm-hmm. and then about the quarterback room, it would have probably have to take us going, I'd say, nine and three. Mm-hmm. With, with the ninth win being in the bowl game, Rattler feeling real comfortable. I think it would take Dow Loggins and Beamer, you know, to really kind of persuade Spencer into it from the point of view of, hey, man, look, you came back, you increased the draft stock, look at what you did this year. We got close. We could run it back, possibly make a run at the college football playoffs because it's going to be expanded. You could be the first player quarterback for South Carolina to lead us to a college football playoff, maybe a playoff win. That's going to boost the draft stock. We're going to get you some uh, more weapons in, and it's going to give us another year to get you protection and get us a better defensive line. And then that, you know, from that point of view, and then the downside of it is our quarterback win. So, Somebody's going to transfer out. Yeah, I don't think it would be Luke Doty because he's been there for a while. I think he's a. I think he's another Dak. I think he's a Carolina guy. Uh, I don't think Lenore Sellers would leave because that would be Spencer's last year. So he's definitely going after that season. So it's going to come down to Luke or the Lenore being the starting quarterback, and then I think it's going to come down to Colton or uh, um, I uh, God, I cannot think of the guys. Uh, Tanner Bailey. A, it ain't. Yeah, uh, Tanner. So I would think Colt would be the one to maybe transfer. Tanner might entertain it, but I, I think Colt would be the one. And it's no slight against Colt, but he's been here for a while. He really hasn't got playing time. A quarterback really has gotten depth. So if that was to happen, that's how I think it would work with us losing depth in the quarterback league. Um, and I'll just take the rest of that off air. Uh, once again, congratulations, man. And Look forward to other great things from the Spurs up there, my guy. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the kind words, and I appreciate the call. And I'll say this to his point. Um, yeah, if Spencer Rattler were to return, I think there would be a ripple effect in that quarterback room. And, you know, it, it's it's very difficult to predict, like, who would return or who would transfer out. But, guys, it's the world of the portal. Guys want to play. I, I would not be – I wouldn't even blame guys. I, I would not even blame guys in that room if they wanted to leave. Like, if a Tanner Bailey was like, you know what – 
I'm good. I want to go play. I get it. Like, I'd, I'd honestly totally get it. Let's get back to this big, big cock club discord stuff. Um, let's see. Here we go. Dalton says, we all know C. Philly is a narrative and slapdick takes guy, not a well-thought-out opinion guy. Wow. Okay. All right. And that is your opinion, my friend. Brennan says, I don't think slapdick Chris Phillips remembers that the Rattler pick against Notre Dame came in a Hail Mary at the end of the half after a bogus penalty on Beamer himself. We returned the punt uh, to within field goal range, and the refs decided to say F us. Yeah, so let's start blaming the referees. I agree. I know SEC refs, so the refs suck, my guy. I get it. Um, Dalton says, at the same time, though, two interceptions against SC State weren't really his fault. Both those interceptions were deflected off Xavier Leggett's hands. Actually, listen, listen, listen. Brennan says, Dalton knows ball. Dalton says, actually, a lot of the interceptions were plays at the last couple of minutes of the half, just trying to make something happen, which do show up as turnovers. But if they don't result in points by the other for the other team, they aren't that costly. Dalton, Brendan, both of you, we can play this game all day. You can poke holes in my logic and say, well, that, that interception was this, this was this. I can poke holes in some, in some touchdown throws. It's possible. It's possible. There's some touchdowns that, hey, ball could have gotten tipped. Ball could have gotten picked. This happened. That happened. What Should have been a pass interference. Like, we can do it all day long. All we have to go off of is the stats. And my only point I was making, guys, was that Spencer Rattler – Needs to protect the football better. I wasn't trying to take away the Tennessee game to, like, demean Spencer Rattler. My point was simply this. That in two of the three games that he played his best football in, he threw three picks. I don't care if you want to say it was a Hail Mary. I don't care if you want to say it was this. It was the refs. In two of the three games that we deemed that we labeled as the best games of the season, and this is when it clicked, he still threw three interceptions. It cannot happen. You cannot average a pick a game. It, it, it cannot happen. That's the only point I'm making. Would you disagree that Spencer Rattler needs to cut down on the turnovers? I mean, would you disagree? I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And again, we can play the game of, I was simply using that as an example, or like, because, again, he's not going to throw six touchdowns, 430, no picks every week. Again, I, I think I've said this many times. I'll say it again. I think the Clemson game of last year is a great representation of what and who Spencer Rattler is. At his best, he's throwing a 72-yard bomb down the field to Juice Wells. At his best, he's putting his head down and trucking into the end zone for six. At his best, he's beating the Clemson Tigers, the arch rival, on the road. And at his worst, he's throwing a pick six. At his worst, he's throwing a back-breaking pick in the end zone. At his worst, he's doing things that cost you football games. That, to me, and so the question just comes down to, well, which of that do you get more of in an individual game? That's not unfair. He is not going to do what he did against Tennessee on a weekly basis. If he does it once this season, that's a massive success. Because that is one of those nights, guys. It's historic for a reason. It is remembered in Gamecock lore for a reason. It's, it's not the norm. It's not the norm.
Austin says, Chris, do you think Heupel took exception to Beamer not letting off the gas up 56-31 with 243 left? Personally, I think that pissed Heupel off. Not saying I disagree with it, but definitely think it sent a message. Yeah, I mean, I, Austin, if he did or didn't, is I mean, whatever, dude. It's stop us. If you don't want us to dance in the end zone, don't let us score. So I don't, I don't think if you're Shane Beamer, I don't think if you're Shane Beamer, you you should worry about you know running your offense and building. No, I, listen, I think you build confidence going into the Clemson game. I, I you absolutely shouldn't say, well, should we have run up the score? Like, bro, you try to score every time you touch the ball. And so, I mean, if Heupel took exception, listen, I think whether Carolina would have won by one or by 25 as they did, I mean, I think Tennessee would have took exception to the loss either way. Dalton says, I agree Turner is an issue, but at the same time, it's part of his playing style. He isn't the type of quarterback that's going to make the only the safe play. Check every time. You have to take the good to the bad. I don't disagree. I, you're, you're absolutely reinforcing my points. I don't disagree. He just has to limit the bad. He has to limit the bad. Bottom line. And it's not all just him. He needs to be protected better. 31 sacks last year. He needs a running game to help him. He needs somebody besides Juice Wells to take the pressure, to step up and take the pressure off Juice Wells so Juice can thrive and be his very best. Right? I mean, he needs those things to happen. It's not just him. Austin Hicks says, Gamecock fans hate to hear the truth. They just want you to sit there and blow smoke up their ass about kind of football. And Austin, if you don't realize by now, that's not what I'm going to do. I just don't know what rock you've been living under. And I mean, I, I guess Austin, listen, I love being named the Spurs Up show. I, you know, I, I, I love it. But I do think that's unfortunately one of the drawbacks of you know, when you name your brand, your entity, your business, your show, your content, and I don't know how this is going to be taken by you guys. I'm not saying it in a, in, a, in a negative way, but it's just a reality. When you name your entity after the like the team you're covering, right? I mean, it's no question this is a Gamecock show, the Spurs Up show. There's no question it's a Gamecocks entity. When you name your entity after the specific school, it's almost as if people, they come into your content, they come into your entity with an expectation. An expectation that, okay, this entity is going to be all pro things the school they're covering. This is going to be pro everything South Carolina because it is a South Carolina show. And I don't even think, you know, I'll say this. I say pro like like there's an anti. I don't think anything I say is anti-South Carolina. It's just analysis and takes and, and honest opinion. That's all it is. But there's this expectation by some out there that you're a Gamecock show. You should be saying this. You should be saying that. You should be driving this narrative. You should be driving that narrative. And my response to that is this. I'm an independent content creator. South Carolina is my subject matter. If you want to drive an all-positive, never speak an ill word, never give a critical opinion, never get a, give a any sort of opinion that just banter, never banter at all, just all pro, whatever your agenda is, you can do that. I mean, you, listen, the internet exists. You can create an entity, you can create a podcast, there's some out there that do that right now in the Gamecock space, and that's awesome. 
But that's not what this is. And I'm preaching to the choir because y'all know this, but it is funny to me when, you know, again, it's like, I mean, it's happened so many times, guys, where it's just like, I'll just give an honest football take that I don't even think is that big of a deal. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just banter. Like last year, talking about Jordan Birch, saying that, hey, he needs to have a really good year or people are going to start labeling him as a bust. That wasn't even a hot take. And you got people just, you know, this guy is this for the program. He's critical of the program. That's what I do. I'm not obligated to be pro-USC 24-7-365. Guys, I ain't got a check from South Carolina yet. That's the funniest part, too, is if South Carolina wanted me to be, like, more biased and more favorable, treating me like garbage over the years is not the way to make it happen. I can assure you. Because, honestly, the treatment from USC and 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 some of those specifically in the building that I will not name, but we all know, and then, honestly, the treatment from, I'd say, the bottom 5-10% of this fan base and some of the horrific things they've said about me both personally and professionally on social media, guys, those people make it really easy to be objective about South Carolina. It's not hard to remove the fandom. It's not hard to be honest. It's not hard to be realistic. It's just not. It's not. Like, if you want me to be sunshine and rainbows, garnet glasses, accusing me of things that would get you thrown in jail is not the way to get your messaging across. I can assure you. <laughs> there are, listen, there are ways in this world to get what you want. Being a piece of shit scumbag is not one of them. Saying horrific things about other people is not one of them. Being kind is the way that you do that. Because, guys, here's the thing. If Shane Beamer shot me a DM and said, Chris, this would really help us in recruiting, do you think you could loop this into your content, your subject matter? Guys, I would do it because I'm a South Carolina fan. I would actually do that. People don't even realize this two years ago. South Carolina is recruiting Oscar Delp. Was it on my agenda to run a Oscar Delp campaign? No, not necessarily. I mean, I let the coaches worry about recruiting, and we talk ball, and that's it. Guys, I was in direct contact. He's, he's no longer on the staff, so we can have this conversation. I was in direct contact with Eric Kimry. Hey, Chris, it'd really help if you kind of hype this up, talk to Oscar Delp, made some graphics, and we did. You might recall, like, I talked about which what's the recruit, what's the prospect we need to get. Dude, I was hyping Oscar Delp up left and right. It felt like every other day I was putting up some, something up about Oscar Delp. And it's because Kimbry approached me and was a nice guy, and he respected our work, and he had me on his show before, and he was kind about it. If he hit me up cussing at me and accusing me of things and be like, oh, by the way, can you help me out and do me a favor? I wouldn't do it. So, I mean, you know, I, again, I, I wouldn't change a thing because, again, I'm, I'm very happy I'm able to be objective. I, I'm very happy I'm able to not be blinded by fandom or by, you know what I mean? Like, there's some people you can't say anything about South Carolina without people just losing their minds. And that's totally fine. Listen, every fan base, every school – they need people who will relentlessly support no matter what and never say a negative word because, hey, those are your fanatics. Those, a lot of them are your boosters. Those are people that have influence. Those are people that, you know, are your top NIL givers. Like, those people, like, those are great people. It's just not me, though. It's just not me. Anyways. <laughs> uh 
anyways. Dalton says, I agree that being realistic about the team is probably the best thing, but I think a lot of the time you emphasize the bad, that you the good as well. There are issues in the line of scrimmage. At the same time, we've overcome those issues and overachieved two years in a row. It's something personal. I'm just pushing back a little bit. Dalton, that's fair. My pushback to you would be this, though. I really, truly, Dalton, to your point, I try to not be just critical. I try to give as much credit when credit is due. The problem is, and I'm not saying just you, Dalton, the way social media is wired, people only remember the critical things. They don't remember the praise. They don't remember the positive. Hey, they only remember me criticizing, quote-unquote, or setting expectations, I should say, for for Jordan Birch in the preseason. And Austin Gregory says, I'm reading it too fast. Here we go. Dalton said, I agree that being realistic about the team's the best thing. But I think a lot of the time you emphasize the bad without emphasizing the good as well. There are issues on the line of scrimmage, but at the same time, we have overcome those issues and overachieved two years in a row. It's nothing personal. I'm just pushing back a little bit. So again, Austin, I apologize for reading so quickly because you're right. Those aren't in the YouTube chat. Back to Dalton's point, though. People only remember the critical. That's the more so the problem. People only remember the critical, and I've said this earlier, Dalton, or before, that the audience has a lot of blame to put on themselves. When it comes to, like, takes on social media, I mean, guys, weeks ago I put out a clip saying that on Joyner, he's a great Gamecock, he's going to be a focal point of the offense, this could be his best season in Garnet and Black. Gets a couple thousand views. Pretty good. I put out a tweet saying that on Joyner's a positionless athlete. Oh, well, I mean, all hell breaks loose. Views, tweets, likes through the roof. The numbers are insane. Why does the negative get more attention than the positive? Why does the critical get more attention than the praise and the positivity? It, it's just, it's the way we're wired because we love the banter. We love the back and forth. You know what I mean? So, and I don't think one side's better than the other. Like, whatever. Whatever tickles your fancy. It's funny, man. I've had Gamecock fans that, I've had Gamecock fans and Gamecock people that in the beginning supported TSUS and they fell off and now they're some of my biggest haters because they just can't stand to have any sort of critical opinion about their favorite team. That's fine. Teach their own. Teach their own. Teach their own. And I say, guys, it's a, it's a, listen, it's a, it's a blessing and a gift that I'm able to be so objective because, you know, you guys have heard me say it. I'll say it yet again. I mean, I I have dreams and aspirations and goals beyond just covering South Carolina. This journey with TSUS has really opened my eyes to the fact that like, dude, like we can be an influential member, not just in the South Carolina space, but like the college football space, the college sports space, the SEC space, the national space college sports space. Like, we can do that. Like, I rubbed shoulders with the best of the best last week. Had conversations with the best of the best last week. Like, we can do it. We can absolutely do it. And that's an exciting thing. And I'll always be a Gamecock guy. But I'm just able to see it objectively. I I, I just am. I'm I'm not not blinded by the garnet and black glasses. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you that when game day comes around on Saturday – I got 10 reasons why I believe Carolina can win the ball game, man. I'm pulling as hard as anybody. I mean, you don't – listen, you don't start it, which it's it's funny, going back to this. And I know we're really just kind of off our rockers today and we're talking about sort of random stuff. But, I mean, this is what makes 
this is what makes uh, TDC so much fun and the Power Hour so much fun. But, and I almost lost my train of thought there. And again, we're, we're, we're off our rocker, like I said. So maybe, maybe that's a sign we should get back to kind of your questions, your comments, everything else. But um, I think it's an asset to be objective. I think it's an asset to, to be able to see things for what they are, not what you wish them to be. That's just how I'm wired. My grandfather was the same way, and he was the one that got me into it. My grandfather, my grandfather did not preach, son, you should never say an ill word about South Carolina. South Carolina above all else. My grandfather was very honest. He was very realistic. You know what I mean? He was he was very he'd say the offensive line stunk. He'd say the quarterback stunk. Like he, you know what I mean? Like he was just very real and genuine. And I'm I'm grateful forever for that. I'm grateful forever for that. And uh the way he rubbed off on me. And I, I think it's worked out pretty well to this point. But oh, the point that I was gonna make. You, you you hear some of the chatter, the jokes, whatever. Listen, I wore a Clemson hat when I went to a Clemson baseball camp in high school. Big freaking whoop. You don't start a business. You don't start an entity like, listen, 2017, it was Armchair South Carolina, and we were really at zero. If I was a Clemson fan, right, if I was a Clemson fan, guys, 2017, Clemson was winning national championships. South Carolina had Will Muschamp as their head coach. Why would I have decided to start a business around the South Carolina Gamecocks? If my goal was to pop off, be successful, make merch, make money, why would I have done that? I'm either a complete idiot or the worst entrepreneur on the planet Earth. I mean, straight up. Because my show probably would have grown five times as fast because there was a good product to talk about. I I mean, that's not a shot at Carolina, but you guys just know there's nothing that does better for business than significant winning. Nothing. Nothing does better for business. So I'll tell you this. I mean, chicken or the egg, right? Chicken or the egg. We've heard it's not, it's a not so well kept secret. It's a not so well kept secret. We've heard about the NIL challenges at South Carolina. And it should be better than it is. There's just no question. I mean, when I'm hearing things that, hey, Chris, South Carolina's 13th out of 14 SEC teams in NIL, that's a red flag. That's shocking, honestly, to think that Carolina's below schools like Mizzou, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Kentucky. I mean, that, that, that's kind of surprising. That's surprising. And so people stepping up, giving, you know, that's something that can help. You know what would help in IEL as well? You know what gets people to spend money more than anything? Significant winning. Significant winning. So the best thing Shane Beamer can do to increase the bankroll, go win eight games again. I mean, straight up. People will invest in a winner. If you show that you're going to put out a consistent winner, folks are going to invest. There's no question. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that you got to win before people commit. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I can attest personally that significant winning, the best thing that can happen to business. So... They go hand in hand. I mean, they really do. Now, again, I I don't know why a school like Ole Miss or a Mississippi State or a Mizzou has better NIL than South Carolina. I don't get it. I I genuinely don't get it. I don't know the behind the scenes, the intricacies of it. I have no idea. Anyways, we've kind of gone off the rails on (laughs) 
TDC. We'll get back into your questions. Like I said, I I, I just, you know, it, it's it's I feel silly going on those rants because it's I mean, you guys tune in every day, you know what you're getting into when you get into in, in TSUS. But I said it last year in the season. I think it was actually the week after the Mizzou game because, yeah, I was in Orlando during that week. I mean, I... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply said it last year, man. I'm not affiliated with the University of South Carolina. I know that's weird for people to hear that, but I'm not. I'm a content creator. South Carolina is my subject matter, but I'm not affiliated with USC in any way. Outside of being a fan, outside of covering the team, I mean, not affiliated. Quite the contrary. USC has taken significant action to put me out of business multiple times. So, I mean, pretty easy to be objective. Pretty easy to be objective. All right, let's get into your questions. Let's talk ball. I, I don't want to, you know, there's no point in talking to, which, by the way, we're thriving. We're doing well. And I got nothing but love for USC. And, you know, I, I will always be a Gamecock fan, guys. That's what stands out above all else. You know, that's what stands out above all else. I'll always be a Gamecock fan. I'll always bleed the garnet and black. You know, it, it doesn't matter the the madness on social media, the way that we're treated on social media by some folks. It doesn't matter the, you know, the the people in the building, maybe that some that don't really favor us. Bro, what stands out above all else is I'll always be a Gamecock. Memories of growing up, watching the Gamecocks, cheering on my grandfather, like those things, and the, and the countless of great people, countless amounts, I should say, of great people that I've met along the way. You know, we've had so many Gamecock legends on this show Gamecock personalities, like, you know, people in the Big Cock Club Discord. I mean, it's Gamecock fans who make TSUS possible. That's the funny thing when you hear people say, this guy's hated by the entire fan base. Well, then how are we doing what we're doing? (laughs) Because Gamecock fans make this possible. You guys, Gamecock fans. It's not Georgia fans keeping TSUS afloat. It's not Texas A&M fans. It's not 
you know, Kentucky fans, it's Gamecock fans. And there are so many that the, the love is overwhelming more than anything. And I am on a daily basis just beyond grateful for those who show love, show support, stick their necks out when they don't have to. And that's the one thing I feel bad about at times is that, you know, people on social media, and I, and I hate this, people on Twitter will, like, be criticized for being a fan of TSUS. Like, it's a responsibility to be a fan of TSUS. And I, I hate that people have to catch that heat because that heat should all be directed at me. If you got a problem with me, TSUS, that's totally fine. But don't come at people that, that just enjoy the content, enjoy the business, enjoy the merch. Don't come at those people. That, that's not fair. You know what I mean? That's, that's just not fair. That's not fair. Directed at me. I can take it. I've dealt with it for years. I'm, I'm completely immune to it now. <laughs> I'm completely immune to it. So, anyways, I appreciate y'all, man, sincerely. I, I just can't say thank you enough. There's a reason I lead with gratitude, and it's because I really mean it. I truly am grateful for you guys. Uh, anyways, let's get into your football questions. I've been rambling here. I do apologize for the rambling. Spur Daddy says it'd be nice to see Adam go 0-12. Wow. Wow. Jimbo's a shell of the national title coach at FSU. Petrino, the intern, dating Harley Wrecker. Not a fan of Jimbo Petrino. Okay, you got some strong feelings about Jimbo Fisher. Spur Daddy also says it'd be nice to see the balls fall flat on their faces after getting that little, little wrist slap. I guess some programs just got it like that. Spur Daddy, you're not the only Gamecock fan that would like to see Tennessee take a nosedive. That is for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Jeff Gullage, remember the simulations last year? It was a tournament machine, too. I'm glad we're, we're citing the simulations as a reason for, 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 you know, to support the argument. But, man, that sim last night, that was painful. That, that, was, that was painful. I don't know if you guys tuned in last night. We had Georgia tied on the road 22-22, to 22, and somehow, some way, our, our D coordinator – and if you're a real Gamecock, you'll get this. Or if you're, you know, I say old school Gamecock, but a lot of you will get this reference. Some of you younger, newer Gamecocks won't. Jeff and everybody else, I got on my secondaries coach worse than Steve Spurrier did back when he got on Ron Cooper after the 2006 Kentucky game. If you know, you know. Uh, let's see. Justin, glad to be back. New phone, had to make a new account, missed the show. Justin, pleasure to have you. Thank you for tuning in, my friend. Uh, Coach Ford says, Dontavious Braswell will have to step up. I would agree. I would agree. Coach Ford says, creative ways to get the ball to the carry-on joiner is key as well. Lining him up beside Rattler and direct snapping to Dak will slow down a defense, for sure. For sure. Yep. And I think the carry-on joiner, Coach Ford, to your point, is going to be a major focal point of the offense this season. Austin Gregory, what we need to happen to go 9-3 and three or better, go 4-0 and o versus North Carolina State, Vandy, and Furman. Go 4-0 and o versus Jacksonville State, Mizzou, Kentucky, Florida. Go 1-3 and three against Clemson, Georgia, and Tennessee. I mean, Austin, when you break it down like that, it's doable. I think when you break it down like that, it's doable. I mean, listen, South Carolina, to Dalton's point earlier, to Dalton's point earlier, South Carolina, you can look at the numbers. You can look at the analytics. You can look at the FPI, Kelly Ford. South Carolina has overachieved at every single turn. And what I'm going to say is going to sound like woo-woo, and I, I might get crapped on, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. But what those numbers, what that FPI, what Kelly Ford, what they can't measure, measure, 
his heart, determination, and overall culture. You cannot sit here and tell me the reason that Carolina responded after beating, getting beat 38-6 to by Florida. I mean, when you really think about it, if there is a seven-day stretch that speaks to the culture that Shane Beamer has built more than any, it's that seven-day stretch last year at the end of the 2022 season. The Gamecocks get shellacked. I mean, the game was over before it started. 38-6 to by a bad Florida team. That was not a good Florida team, guys. They lost to Vandy the following week. Shellac. Zero offensive points in that game. And I heard Shane Beamer on radio talking about this yesterday. About they had full confidence going into Tennessee. They were a confident group that they could win that game. And I think to myself, and I'm like, I believe him, but I'm like, how? How? Tennessee was fifth in the country. They were a 24-point favorite, and you had just lost 38-6 to Florida, a bad team, a game in which you did not score an offensive, uh, offensive point. The fact that Shane Beamer could get that group off the ground, uplift them, instill that confidence, and go beat Tennessee seven days later, there's nothing that speaks to the culture more than that. I mean, really, truly, it's it's – It's mind-blowing when you think about it. It's crazy when you think about it. There's nothing that speaks to the culture more than that. Being able to take a team that was down and out, broken, they had every reason to fold it up. Two games left, heavy underdogs, six and six, here we come. And I fully believe Shane Beamer, the culture he's built, you got to give full credit, man. So when you look at a season like this, hey, the computers might say five, you know, five and a half wins. Vegas might say six and a half. The FBI says this. Kelly Ford says that. But you are making a mistake if you don't factor in Shane Beamer's culture as being good for a win or two in every single season that he's the head coach there. Guys, definitely join the Big Cock Club, man. We have a great time in the Discord, chatting, conversating. And and this, I'll tell you this, you are going to want to be in the Big Cock Club Discord this upcoming football season because I am going to be more active than I have ever been. Admittedly, last season, really the last two seasons, right? Because the BCC actually started July of 2021. But admittedly, the last two seasons, I was so busy with the tailgates, with selling merch, with being in the stadium. I really wasn't on the Discord at all. You can ask those in the Discord currently. I, you know, they'd be watching games in there and I wasn't anywhere to be found. That will not be the case this season. I am going to practically live in that Discord. So it's going to be a good time, man. I I will tell you this too. I'm probably not going to tweet as much in-game. I'm going to save my comments, my thoughts, for in the Discord, right? So you want to hang out with us, hang out with yours truly. We're going to be doing hangouts, watching these football games in which we can watch the game and conversate with each other. Highly suggest, and that'll be for every single game, not just South Carolina, a lot of SEC, a lot of college football. Y'all jump in, man. It's, it's going to be a really, really good time. I can't wait. I, I genuinely, like, I'm going to be diving into the BCC this football season, unlike I ever have before. Uh, let's get back into the question. Speaking of the BCC, Dalton says, which road game other than Georgia do you see as the most difficult on the schedule? For me, it's either A&M or Tennessee. 
What do you think has to happen for us to be able to be more consistently win on the road under Beamer? Well, Dalton, I say this. I think, first off, it's hard. It, it's just hard to win on the road, Dalton. I, I mean, only, I think, truly the, the elites. Like, you're not going to find a team. At least, maybe you can prove me wrong. Are there any teams out there that are like average football teams, six and six, seven and five, eight and four, and they're better on the road than they are at home? I mean, we all know, right? Like we talk about, we talk about how tough it is to play at Willie B and like the atmosphere. And there's a lot of great atmospheres just like that in the SEC. So number one, Dalton, I mean, it's, it's, you want to be better on the road for sure, but man, it's, it's just hard to win on the road. It's just hard. It's hard to win on the road. Uh, speaking of your question, though, toughest road game outside of Georgia. I would say I'm going to go Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee just because of you have to factor in. You know, you can't go on stadium size alone or anything like that. But when you factor in what happened last year, the revenge factor, their fans are going to be, I mean, it's it's going to be a ruthless atmosphere, really, truly. Um, Kyle Field will be very, very tough. It'll be very, very tough out of just the fact that it's sheerly, it's 110,000 people damn near. So um, I'd go Knoxville, though. I also think Tennessee is could be a better team than Texas A&M. I think a is going to be much improved. I think they both go 9-3. and three, But, uh, yeah, so I have... Tennessee is that tougher road game. He also mentions Dabble, uh, excuse me, Dabble Loggins and George. His name is Dabble Loggins. George Dalton says in the Discord, do you think that some of the culture issues inside the AM locker room will carry over into the season? Because I think that was one of the reasons why we were able to ambush them and take that game against them that nobody expected us to win. Well, they're trying to fix that, Dalton, for sure. I mean, are there going to be players smoking weed in the locker room beforehand? I have no idea. Let's get back to the YouTube chat, by the way, because I see some people that think they're invisible. You are not invisible, my guy. Spur your enthusiasm. What's up, man? Bryce G, what's going on? Spur your enthusiasms in the house, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you jumping in. He also said merch coming soon. Y'all won't want to miss out. Says he's already got player endorsement on the merch. Jerron Willis, Kilgore, Boogie Huntley, all rocking the merch. I love to hear that, man. Bryce, chase your dreams, man. Do your thing. I love to hear that. Great stuff. Congratulations on that. Michael Lynn says, it's the year of the true freshman. Could be. I mean, that, that, you know, that South Carolina is going to be relying on a lot of youngsters, right? A lot of youngsters. Shane Beamer pointed out at SEC Media Days. They absolutely are. Um, I think for this season to really pop and get to that eight win or, God forbid, nine win, nine win uh, mark. Yeah, I mean, a lot of freshmen are going to play and, and become big-time contributors for sure. Let's see as we, by the way, guys, if I don't get to your questions, it's not because I'm like, you're invisible or I'm ignoring you. There's just tons of questions. I mean, if you really want to get your point across, call in, call in. Those are the people that we get to first for obvious reasons. Uh, Britton Bellamy says, I went to the Florida game last year, watched Florida run the ball for 374 yards in person. Painful. Yeah, it was. Brendan M of the Big Cock Club Discord was also there with the band. uh, He can attest to it also in person. Dalton. Let's jump to the phone lines. Dalton, what's going on, my friend? How are you? How's it going? Uh, you know, I'm just hanging out in South Dakota still. Um, nice. 
you know, enjoy, enjoying uh, the vacation, I guess. I've been here since Friday on a family visit. We're leaving out next Wednesday. It'll take us three days to get back home, so. Dalton, is South Dakota, forgive me for not knowing the map. I'm pretty sure it is, but it's it's near Montana, right? Iowa. Right Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Okay. I was just asking because I'm going to Montana uh, late August, so which will be a first for me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's not quite that far out on the west, but okay. it, it's close. I mean, but every state out here is, is so huge. Like, to get from one side of the state to the other – probably take about a day wow wow well i'm glad you are um glad you're enjoying it my guy glad you're enjoying the vacation what's going on um i just wanted to call in and and give my input on on what i was kind of pushing back on and i think i, I got my point across is, is kind of you know yeah you talk about the line of scrimmage at, that seems to be the main issue that everybody looks at with this team but you know, I, I think Shane Beamer has sort of built a culture to where if those veteran guys don't produce, you know, we have guys that can come in that are young and, and produce right away. So I would say this year, more than any other year under Shane Beamer's tenure, the line of scrimmage I see as as starting to improve. What What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think you know, is it more likely that we'll improve than not this year on the offensive line and the defensive line, or do you think it's kind of we're going to rank about the same? The offensive line, I'm concerned. The defensive line, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic. Like if I had to pick one or one or the other, I'm more optimistic about the defensive line than the offensive line. With the offensive line, I'll say this, Dalton, because to your point, you know, you added Trovon Bow, you added Big Tree Bobolade, you added Marquis Anderson. I mean, you, you're adding – and Marquis Anderson's a guy's a true freshman. He's probably going to have to play. I mean, bottom line. You are recruiting in a manner in which in two or three years, three or four years, Carolina should, based off how they're recruiting and they continue to do so, you should have a, at minimum, at minimum, top half of the conference offensive line, if not a top three or four in the conference, and there's a lot of good ones. So, I mean, if you're the if you're the fifth best offensive line, you're still pretty damn good because there's some really good O lines in this conference. But the way they're recruiting, that unit is absolutely going to improve. And to be fair, last year, right, we came out of week one just hey, the O line stinks, they're no good, this is terrible, and they slowly but surely got better as the season progressed. And that was when Alani Teasley took over for Greg Atkins, who I knew Ak- I know Atkins is still on staff, but Lonnie Teasley's your O-line coach. So maybe the Lonnie Teasley effect, and I've even said this, Dalton. I've even said this. As much as we're talking about the O-line and how, quote-unquote, bad they're going to be, it's I, I, I will not be surprised if in week, I don't know, week four, five, six, whatever, we're talking about the O-lines better than we expected because we're setting the bar so low for them. I think there's real question marks. You return 50 less starts than you had last year, and the O-line wasn't great. You lose Jalen Nichols in the spring game probably for the entire year. Like, there are real questions. And so, to answer your question, and here's the big thing too, Dalton, I'll say before I get to that point, that I said last year that the O-line being bad wasn't an excuse to be bad offensively. You know, Marcus Satterfield, what you should have been able to do, I know this is easier said than done, you got to find a way to scheme around it. You know O-line at minimum just isn't the strength of your football team. Okay, how can we scheme around that? 
How can we make life easier on our offensive line? Going into this season, it's kind of the same thing. Maybe Dowell Loggins can do a better job scheming around it, putting them in positions to where they can have success. But to get to your point, do I think the O-line will improve as the season goes along? Yes, I do. Do I think the O-line is going to have some performances? Like like week one, Dalton, I think the O-line is going to look a lot better than maybe they even are in week one because I don't think North Carolina has got the bodies to push us around and, and expose us up front. I just, I just don't see that. Now, I think there's going to be games, for example, Georgia, that it's going to be very glaringly obvious that we got a ways to go and there's a reason we're recruiting the way we are. But – do I see them progressing and getting better as the season goes? Sure. But I still think it's probably one of those things, Dalton, that even if they make improvement, I think more than likely this is an offensive front that's going to – it's going to be outside of the top 100 and rushing offense. And, you know, we'll get to the offensive line and our position unit stuff and what will deem us a – you know, I, I think it's going to be kind of up and down, kind of like the rest of this football team yet again. So there's potential there, but unfortunately I think some of the best talent on that O-line is just – really young, and you know as well as I do, starting freshman on the offensive front in the SEC is not exactly a recipe for great success. And then uh, my last comment or question is, if the O-line plays up to their potential and the D-line plays up to their potential, what do you think our our record is at the end of the season? Um, But I'll I'll let you uh, answer that off air. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on. Dalton, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. And this is a fascinating combo, and I'm glad Dalton asked it. If the offensive line, if the line of scrimmage for South Carolina, both of them, if the line of scrimmage exceeds expectations, I mean, guys, this is a team that can win nine games. No doubt in my mind. I think saying 10 is a little over-aggressive. This team can absolutely go nine and three. If, if the line of scrimmage from game one is is – Better than we expect on both sides. I mean, guys, if in my opinion, if South Carolina had a rushing offense and rushing defense that ranked in the top half of the league, this would be a 9 or 10 win football team. I, I really believe that. Because you have the skill position, guys. You do. You do. You know, I mean, there's inconsistencies with Rattler for sure. You can upgrade at wide receiver. I mean, you can upgrade at many positions, but like, <clears throat> to me, this is a 9 or 10 win football team. If you had a top half of the league rush offense, rush defense. And I think Shane Beamer identifies that, and that's why they're recruiting how they are right call now. from Peyton. Peyton, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How about yourself, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, not much. Um, just calling in to piggyback off of, off of the topic. Uh, Line, uh, if our offensive line is uh, is up to par, I think uh, the upside of this season is very, very is, is is a lot higher than what we're expecting as of right now. Um, and I said uh, last week about Trey Knox serving as a as an edge protector, mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a role. Now I realize that Trey Knox is going to be primarily a big playmaker for us, mm-hmm. and we're not going to ask him to do a whole lot of blocking, but I'll say this, if you can set an edge, if you can set the edge, you can run the football. Mm-hmm. If, and and I, played with, um, I played with a lot of really good tight ends that helped set the edge, and they can create space for you. And we've got guys 
Juju McDowell, for instance, they're scat backs, man. They can hit holes, and they're 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 very good going lateral. So if we can, if Trey Knox and some of these other tight ends, if they can help set an edge, you can run the football. Hmm. So what what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Listen, you make great points on it. I think Trey Knox, his blocking ability, Joshua Simon as well, that'll be big on the edge, no doubt. Um, I mean, listen, South Carolina's got some guys that I think are capable because at times they've played good football. And, heck, I've talked to some folks then, and it may be thinking it's no disrespect to these guys, but, you know, you lose Eric Douglas, Jovan Gwynn, and Dylan Wanham. There's people out there that believe, and I'm talking in the building, that believe that the next in line – is actually better than those guys were last year. So, I mean, maybe so. Listen, the offensive line could be the biggest surprise of the season. It really could. Um, and if it is, if it is, I mean, dude, I like my chances with Spencer Rattler with a clean pocket. I I, I mean, give me that all day long. Oh, yeah. I like my chances with Spencer Rattler operating with a running game that's averaging four or five yards per carry. I like my chances. I like my chances a lot. So, if the offensive line can overachieve and they can figure some things out and they can get their best starting five quickly and, you know, some guys can emerge and come into their own, again, this team can win nine games. There's there's no doubt in my mind. But it's just – it's much easier said than done, and you're depending on guys that are, that are either true freshmen or guys that played at schools like Charlotte, Mercer, Yale, and Western Illinois. If this coaching staff identified them as good enough to play – then I'm going to believe them they're good enough. But, like, make no mistake, there's a transition. It's it's not the same. It's not – there's a reason – listen, there's a reason why when Carolina takes on Furman in week two or takes on when they took on Charlotte last year, there's a reason why you expect Carolina to whip their ass because they don't have the guys that we have. So now we're taking one of those guys and putting them on our roster. So, you know, and, and, I, and I, I know there's some diamonds in the rough. Look at Juice Wells. He played for James Madison. There's diamonds in the rough, but I, I'm just saying that, you know, I got to see it. I, I need to see it. I need to see it. But the potential is there, and I love what they're doing in recruiting, man. I mean, that's – that's listen, we all worry about – on a side note, Peyton, we all worry about how many games we're going to win this year, whatever. And, you know, we need to get to eight. We got to get to nine. If we get to seven, then this. If we do six, then this. The key is just get to enough wins to keep up momentum in recruiting because that's what matters. If the recruiting starts going south, then you should worry. But that's why I said it yeah. when Shane Beamer was hired. And listen, you want to maximize the potential every season. I think that's what Gamecock fans, I think that's, that's what we struggle with is feeling like, man, we left a couple out there. Like we just didn't get out of this season. We really could have. I said this when he was hired. Though. For the first five years, just make bowl games. Just win seven to eight games a year and build the hell out of that program in recruiting. That's it. That's it. I, that, that's, I, that's all I need you to do. You're not winning the SEC this year. So the next best thing you can do, win as many games as you can and recruit your ass off and win enough to start luring guys like Nicholas Harbor, like Dylan Stewart, like Daniel Hill, like Jonathan Paler, like these other guys, right, to lure them to Columbia to where you can get to a point where you can say, we're a couple pieces away. You're the missing piece. You can be part of our SEC championship roster. That's where you want to be. So it is funny. We spend so much time worrying about predictions and scores and like it's important to win. Win just enough, though, to be a lead in recruiting because helps on the way on the offensive front, helps on the way on the defensive front. 
that's the problem, though. I just don't know that it's there this year. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, man, if you get a, back to your point, if you get above average offensive line play, this team's going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And uh, so two things to say to, to say to that, um, you know, we, we go back and forth and, and we say, you know, we're really going to find out just how good this offensive line is against Georgia. And if, if you, if you really expect, I mean, it's, it's kind of a given that there's not going to be that many offensive lines in the country for that matter that are going to look good against Georgia. I mean, there's maybe, maybe Bama, maybe a LSU and maybe some other sleeper team might could actually have a, a decent showing up front against Georgia. But I, I just think it's, it's when you're talking about a team like that, where that is now the standard of college football, yes, of course, we're definitely a ways away from that. But like you said, there's help on the way. We're recruiting four- and five-star guys left and right. And if we keep winning that battle, and I, I think uh, I think we'll be able to compete in, in a short number of years. Hmm. Um, the second thing is um, to, to keep stealing these guys, to keep getting these four- and five-star guys, taking advantage of opportunities like like game day, like these big primetime national games to where a lot of people are going to have their eyes on it. A lot, of, a lot of these recruits are going to be watching games like that. So if we can take advantage of those opportunities where we have the national spotlight, I think that it just it's a better advertisement. It, it's a better selling point for, hey, if you want to come to South Carolina, you're going to play on game day. You're going to be in primetime spots, and you're going to have the opportunity to beat these nationally, these nationally ranked teams, and and get a chance to show yourself. So I think, like I said yesterday, you know, I think it's it's really important for uh, for us to come out and set a tone against UNC week one with a nationally televised game, and it being primetime, and a lot of eyes are going to be on it. So I think we need to take advantage of those opportunities. I agree 110%, Peyton. We all agree. Week one, game day, a fantastic opportunity for Shane Beaver and company. Peyton, I'm going to let you go, man. I'm going to get to a lot of things you said off air. I appreciate you calling in, though. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. Yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Take care. So I want to get to things Peyton said. And here's the thing, and I'll start it off with this. You know what's great about being objective and being real and being honest is y'all know that when I say something like I'm about to say, I'm not bullshitting you. Like, I'm not just being sunshine and rainbows. I'm not just telling you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what I actually believe. There is nothing that Shane Beamer is not doing to put South Carolina in the best possible position to do things they've never done. He's doing all the right things, from promotion of his program, the way he interacts on social media, the way he interacts with the media, winning games on the field, overachieving in the first two years, beating the arch rival, recruiting, which is so important, winning in the transfer portal. Like there, there's, there's nothing that Shane Beamer isn't doing. Like, like if Shane Beamer's tenure, let's say it ends 5, 10, 15 years, and South Carolina doesn't win the SEC, they don't, they don't make a college ball playoff. They don't, they don't win a national title. I don't know. Whatever it is. It's not going to be because of lack of effort. 
It's not going to be because of lack of try. It's not going to be because Shane Beamer didn't exhaust every single option possible to make it happen. You go from on field to getting college game day to the exposure of the program. Like, what what are I, I would pose that question to, to doubters. What is Shane Beamer not doing? What are they not doing? I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to execution, right? Execution and recruiting, getting the right guys, evaluating the right talent. But I mean, in my opinion, guys, you should be really happy and optimistic as a Gamecock fan. Because I, I just Shane Beamer is doing everything right right now. Now, does that mean it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows and that there aren't going to be some bumps in the road and some ups and some downs? That's not what that means because this is sports. And guess what? Those other 13 teams in the SEC, they're trying to win too. That's what people, I think people sometimes forget that. These other teams are also trying to win. But Shane Beamer is a guy in that Gamecocks football program, and you talk about the culture and everything. He's a guy, you look at him, you look at his program, they're doing it the right way. They're doing everything the right way. Does it pay off? We shall see. So, I, I, and I really believe that. Like I said, I, I truly, genuinely believe that, that, that Shane Beamer is setting up South Carolina for the best success they've ever had. Bruin Nation, to your point. That's why this OC hire is huge. One way or another. It has to work. Bruin Nation, it has to work. It has to work. There's not a more important hire. And I know, listen, Bobby Petrino was the most important assistant coaching hire in the country. That that really, truly, like from the national perspective. But this hiring of Dowell Loggins, this is the most important hire that Shane Beamer will make. People don't like to talk about it. They get uncomfortable. It's the truth. It's reality. Because guess what? None of us like hearing comparisons between Will Muschamp and Shane Beamer. And they're absurd, they're ridiculous, they're ludicrous. It's why you have to have context. But Will Muschamp, he was a defensive coach. But when he got to Florida, guys, the book wasn't written on, oh, this is a guy that has crappy OCs, he can't identify good offensive football, he, he's a nightmare for offenses, right? Wherever he goes, the offense stinks. Well, that reputation wasn't born overnight. That reputation wasn't anointed to him before he ever was a head coach. It was a reputation he built over time because he went through Charlie Weiss, Kurt Roper, Brian McClendon, Mike Bobo. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. The last thing you want if you're Shane Beamer is to build a similar reputation where, listen, Marcus Satterfield's a swing and a miss. Fine. You got the job here. He wanted to keep Bobo. Bobo leaves in the middle of the night. You had to settle for your buddy Sat. Didn't work out. So be it. But you better get the second guy right. You better get the second guy right. Because you had time to sift through the candidates, sift through the options, and get your guy. This is your guy. It has to work. It, it, it just, and it, it goes without saying, but it has to work. It, it has to work. That's not me being negative about it. That's just keeping it a buck. It's got to work. Dabble Loggins has to be the answer offensively. Because it's like we said last year, guys, and it's it's easier to discuss this when you're in the heat of it. 
but I really believe this. I don't know if just winning seven or eight is good enough. Because Carolina was was six and four last year, going in the final two games. I know it was coming off that Florida game. If you want to take it a step further and go back, Carolina was six and three going into their last three games. Six and three. I mean, you think about it, guys. Think about it. The Gamecocks had overachieved greatly to that point. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But the mood around that six and three, the mood around that six and three was not, we're great, this is awesome. There was still a lot of dissatisfaction with that six and three. There were mixed feelings with that six and three. There was some restlessness with that six and three. Why is that? Well, because South Carolina was winning games. It was about how they were winning the games. Defense and special teams. Offense stunk. People want to see good offense. Folks in Columbia are starving for good offense. Dabble Loggins has got to be that answer. Bottom line. He's just got to be that answer. And I think he can be. I, I think he absolutely can be. I think he can be. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Brendan To accept, press one to send a voicemail. I know, I know this isn't Brendan, but I'm going to entertain this. Brendan M, what's up, ma'am? Hey, what's up, Brendan? Chase, I just had to throw in there since Brendan's never called in. Uh, what's up, man? What's going on? Okay, I, I, I thought there was some foolishness going on. I thought there was some foolishness. It is yeah, not Brendan M. Okay. No, no. It's Chase, uh, <laughs> Queen Slayer or Cross Slayer. Yeah. I was looking up to the name. I just thought I'd be saying. Okay. Um, okay, and I talked to you in a little bit. I was just going to say, you know, towards the ball season when everybody's uh, anxiety is up through the roof, fighting over 10 and 2 and 7 and 5. Our O line was good. Our O line sucked. It's fun, man. And I just want to say, I love the show, obviously. I would have been wild before you if I didn't appreciate what you're doing. And um, I'm ready to get it going. And I haven't really said, I'm still, I've always, you know, the two years or so we've been doing this thing on this hot stuff. I've called in and let you know, you know, not using the team. And I've always been more on it's realistic. When the game goes around, I hope we go 12-0 every year. I'm rooting from 
dollar machines like Dolphin and Soul? Sure, they can. Uh, you know, and then I, like you said, I believe we should have a non-win season or so. There's just so many gifts for right now at this part of the season for me to just play that with confidence and win my chest. Yeah, we're going 9 and 3, 10 and 2. We're just in the championship, coach. I ain't doing that. I ain't never done that. Let me down. You call me Debbie Down and Chicken Curse, whatever you want to call me in the chat. I'm just realistic. Uh, we've never done it. We've got the Atlanta work. But that don't mean I don't want us to go over here. And I, I just, man, it's that time of year where everybody's coaching younger, looking at rankings, looking at recruiting. I love it. It's that time of year, man. And, uh, I just appreciate what you're doing. And I uh, appreciate everybody uh, calling in. Uh, the Discord, man, the big talk club, you know how much uh, fun we have in my house after the show and stuff every day. So, yeah, man, I just wanted to call in and tell you, man, I, I, you know, I love how the show is grown. Congratulations. I don't know if I've actually gotten to talk to you since you've been back from SEC Media, but I don't think I have. I don't think you've been in the call. But uh, congratulations on that. Formerly, man, that's big. Uh, it was great to see you on the TV and listen to the content, my friend. <laughs> Well, that's all I got. I just wanted to say that little bit in for my friend. And, uh, let's keep this thing going. Let's get it going. Like, like Brooklyn says, spot the ball. Let's go. Chase, I appreciate you, man, for the kind words. Thank you so much. Uh, that was very, very choppy. I heard enough of it to understand what he was saying. And, uh, you know, Chase mentioned the, the content and everything. And, you know, I, I'll say this, guys, because something that came to mind while he was talking, again, I want to say thank you to Chase. Uh, for the love, the support, it was it was very cool being on TV for sure. But I tell you this, guys. Again, he he brought up again the content and and just being real about things and being genuine, guys. I'll put it to you this way. I think it would be an insult if I were to blow smoke up your rear ends and be overly positive and optimistic in fear of that you, as a consumer of this content and a member of the audience of this show, in fear of the fact that I felt like, well, they can't handle the banter. They can't handle an opinion. They can't handle a critical thought. I think it's a greater insult for you to go on air and speak only on things in a manner to your audience that, are, that aren't going to ruffle any feathers and aren't going to make them feel bad because you don't feel as if they're capable of engaging in banter and critical conversation. And I am so grateful and happy to say with our audience, guys, I, I feel the people that tune into TSUS are some of the smartest and most critical thinking Gamecock fans in this fan base. I, I, I just, I know based off the conversations we have, and I take it very personally when people come after folks who support TSUS, support the business, support the content, everything else, because the people in this fan base are, that are in, you know, that support TSUS are very smart people. They're critical thinkers. They have their own opinions. They're able to think independently. They don't have to go with the masses. The masses don't sway their thought. They're able to sit down. Whether that opinion you agree or disagree, I respect all opinions. If you're able to have an opinion, support it with some context, and say it with your damn chest, I support the hell out of it, and I appreciate it. And it's why this works, because I don't believe people want smoke blowing up their ass. They want to be, they want you to keep it real with them and even be challenged sometimes on their school of thinking. I think that is honestly why, I think that's honestly why 
being critical and having an opinion and being willing to stand behind that, that's why that wins over being a sunshine pumper only positive because what you're telling me is you don't believe I can handle the truth. That's what you're telling me by not telling it to me. And while I may not like what you have to say, I may not like the truth, I'd rather that be the case than you bullshit me. Because you don't respect me if you bullshit me. You're insulting my intelligence if you bullshit me. And I will never bullshit you all. Interesting piece from my guy Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports. He wrote an article on every SEC team's biggest swing game of the 2023 football season. And this sounds very familiar. His most important swing game for South Carolina October the 14th against the Florida Gators coming off the bye week. He has this to say, depending on whom you ask, you'll get a wide variety of answers here. But most South Carolina fans will tell you the home bout with Florida coming off an open week in October is an absolute must-win game this season. The Gamecocks played flat in last year's blowout loss to the Gators, and considering how difficult the first month of the season will be for Shane Bieber's team, this one's favorable at Williams-Brice Stadium against an opponent only projected at five and a half victories. A win here likely puts South Carolina at four and two on its way to a pivotal showdown with Missouri the following weekend. I agree with Brad 110%. That Florida game is a must win this season. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Rebecca. Rebecca, what's going on? How are you? Good. Hey, are you coming to Columbia anytime soon? Um, I do not know, Rebecca. I do not know. Oh, here we go. I do not know. I, I honestly do not know. Um, I'll have to keep you in. T- I, I'll have to stay in touch and let you know. I, I'm. It's not on my calendar right now. We'll just say that. Well, we changed our plans. Me and uh, Will's going to Columbia. You said change the plans, you said? Yeah, we're going to Columbia on August the 4th. Oh, okay. What What for specifically? Any reason? Any special occasion? Well, uh, you didn't hear the news, did you? What's the news? Man, Will, Will uh, proposed to me. What? You're getting hitched. Yeah. You're getting hitched. Yeah, but we're not going to do it like overnight. We're just going to take day by day and we're waiting a couple of years down the road. So Congratulations, we're, Rebecca. We're, Congratulations. How, so, Rebecca, remind me, how, how long have y'all been dating? We've been dating since, uh, I think, June 11th. Rebecca, congratulations. When you know, you know. All right. So, me and him going to be engaged for a good long time. So I love that. When Listen, when you know, you know. You two lovebirds. You, right. I, I love that. Love that, Rebecca. I need yeah, because I need to come get on the show with y'all when I come down there. 
We'll get the whole gang together, Rebecca. Yeah, that'd be awesome if I get. I'll be coming on August the fourth, and then I'm staying till that Sunday. So. Wow, and this is uh not not to bring up you know, not to bring up any old news, but is this uh husband number three? Am I am I keeping count correctly or no? Uh, me being me and uh yeah, this will be my third marriage. Hey, third time is a charm, Rebecca. That's why I wanted to ask. Third time is a charm. Right. But I just thought I'd tell you, because I know I'm coming to Westminster, but I know I'm going to be passing through, but I thought I'd tell you and see if get a hold of you and see if you want to meet up somewhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep you in the loop, Rebecca. We'll figure this thing out. So, so what are y'all, so what are y'all doing in Columbia for, for like the wedding stuff? We're just going, we're not getting married right away. Okay. So. You're just, you're just going to Columbia to go. Okay. Uh, I'm going on vacation, getting the hell oh, out of Tennessee. Getting the hell out of Tennessee. I hear you. I hear you. And last night, I want to tell you something, too. Pastor's wife got on to me. About what? Last night. Because I was going on saying that I want to, I didn't think get the hell out of Tennessee now. I said, I'd be glad to leave the state of Tennessee for a few days. Took it like I was going to run away from Tennessee for good, and I told her no. Hmm. Yeah. Your your life is a movie, Rebecca. That's a lot. A lot of stuff going on. Uh. She told me said you have to be careful what you post. I do not want. Do not want to have that on my Facebook. It says you post stuff like that. All, you always throw off on Tennessee and other things, but not trying to be mean. But if you keep it up, I will not follow. Mm. That's what she said. I said, I'm glad I'm getting out for a few days. I'm not running away, I promise. And then she said, I will not follow Rebecca. And I said, you should know by now I go on about Tennessee Vols for fun, too. But you you were not going, you were not doing that in fun. And I said, I know, I'm sorry. I said, I told her that I wanted to be close friends. And I said, I told her that uh, I, said, I might go see some family I don't know yet. But I'm happy about going and I'll be posting pictures too and I understand where you're coming from I don't know why she took it like that yesterday I don't know I have no idea 
Well, Rebecca, I hope y'all have sa- I hope y'all have safe travels, and uh, I'm happy for you. Sincerely, I'm happy for you. Yeah, three o two. I reckon I'll get off of here to let you in the show. Yeah, we got to take these dogs out. They're they're itching to go on their W A L K. So, right, Rebecca, I appreciate well, you though. Right. Yeah, always a pleasure to chat with you. All right. Rebecca, be good. What a way to end the show. Brewer Nation says you got to go into the 10 minutes to give Dale time to respond. We got a we got a we got an interview or a convo coming up at four. Brewer Nation. I got to take the dogs out and get the podcast edited and uploaded and eat some food. So unfortunately, I got things to do. Real quick, I want to shout out my guy Bryce G. Spur your enthusiasm, Bryce. I see you in here commenting about my guy. Apologize. I couldn't get to more of your comments. Um Bryce and I have really fun back-and-forth banter. Bryce is a huge, diehard Gamecock fan. Doing great things on social media, on Instagram. Follow, spur your enthusiasm. Uh, And, Bryce, I've always appreciated your love over the years, man. I appreciate that sincerely. Guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here again. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Stay tuned to all the content. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. The simulations will pick up Sunday. We'll go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We've got Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida. Going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, again, guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.